Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. But I'm going to get into the word because this month the Holy Spirit has been putting in my heart a series. And the whole month of June, I'm going to talk about truth. How to discover truth. Because in our culture, truth is being fought over. And today the question is, what is truth? Even Pilate asked Jesus that when he was questioning him. What is truth? And it seems like today, this is everybody's question. Find your truth. What is truth? Find your truth. Discover your truth. Live your truth. And our culture has redefined truth to become fluid. Subjective. It's no longer a moral standard. It's no longer something that is objective. But now truth has been redefined and even denigrated to become based on personal opinion and perspective. See, the challenge is when you put truth defined as whatever your truth is, what you think is right, what your perspective is, what your opinion is, then that requires everyone to give equal respect to what somebody's truth is. And if we don't, then we're labeled haters, bigots, right? Oh, there you go again. Prejudice, racist, I mean, whatever they can. Phobic this, phobic that. When you try to stand for biblical truth and it doesn't align with someone's truth, now all of a sudden we have a clash. And so we have to understand why is there this battle over truth? And I'll tell you what, this is not the first time, by the way, that there's been a battle over truth. So I want to bring your attention to the book of Judges. This is the very last verse of the book of Judges. And it sums up 450 years of Israel's history. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Read it with me. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So in this time, Israel turned their back on God who brought them out of Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land. And God said, you are my people. You will worship no other gods but me. And when they got into the promised land, it tells us that they failed to obey God fully in driving out the enemy nations. So now they're living with other cultures who don't believe the same way, who don't worship the same way, and instead of staying true to God, they began to become compromised, influenced. And now instead of living as a group bought by God, owning by God, right? A people set apart for God. Now they began to look like, think like, and act like the nations around them. And I'll tell you, it is very interesting because that's where we find ourselves today. In America, everybody does whatever seems right in their own eyes. Well, this is my truth. You can't say nothing. This is the way I believe. This is what I think. And there's this real battle happening in our culture over what is truth. And here's the thing while I'm bringing this up. 
Listen, my brothers and sisters, if you and I are not careful, we also live around cultures that live differently than we are as those who are called out by Christ. We belong to Christ. We are part of the family of Christ. Therefore, we have a different set of values. We have a different culture that we belong to. It's not about Hispanic, white, black, Asian. We belong to the family of God. And as such, we ascribe to the family of God. Does that make sense? And if we're not careful... We could allow the voices in our world, the loud voices, social media, influencers, headliners, education, every single mountain of society is shouting that this is what it is, find your truth. And if you and I are not careful, we could find ourselves deviating from what is really true and starting to look around and saying, okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, I can, I can, I can do that. You know what? Yeah, when you say it like that, it makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it that way. Okay, yeah, I believe that. Instead of coming to the word of God and saying, God, what do you say about this? What is the truth? What is truth? Israel lived where they just said, I'm going to do whatever seems right in my own eyes. 450 years, Israel went through this cycle. They started to intermingle with the culture around them. They started living according to their values and customs. In fact, the Bible says they started worshiping Baal and Ashtoreth, the two main gods of the day, the male and female gods of the day. And as such, they began to embrace an idolatry. They stopped worshiping the true God. And do you know what? I did some research. The worship of Baal and Ashtoreth involved sexual immorality, violence, even child sacrifice. So everything Israel was told not to do, they started doing because they wanted to be accepted by their neighbors. They wanted to be included by the surrounding cultures. Hear my heart. You and I must be very, very careful that we don't do the same thing. And every time they turned their back on God and started embracing their own truth, what was right in their own eyes, which led to greater evil, more violence, more sexual immorality, the Bible says that they started to be oppressed by the enemy. They started to be a misery. Can I tell you, anytime you leave God and do your own thing, it will lead to oppression and misery. Now, they were oppressed by people enemies, but you and I, when we choose to step away from what God says and we start to do our own thing, now I'm going to be oppressed by the enemy. And it's going to lead to nothing but misery. And when they got to that point of misery, then they were like, oh yeah, God help. Human nature has not changed. Aren't we the same way? Everything's good. I'm living my own life, doing my own thing. And then it gets bad. Oh yeah, God. God you know, sometimes we read the Bible and we judge the Israelites, but you and I are just like them. And then we're like, okay, yes, God, I got to get it right because doing my own thing hasn't been working. So I'm going to do it right. And that's what they did. And they started to do it right. And as they did it right, then the blessings of God follows obedience. And they started living in peace and the oppression lifted. They were freed from their enemies and then they got comfortable. And then when they got comfortable, they got complacent. And when they got complacent, they started to compromise. And then they started to do what was right in their own eyes. And the cycle continued. You and I don't have to live that same cycle. I don't think you believe me. I'm going to talk over here. You and I don't have to live that same cycle. 
we can stay in the place of conviction, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live the way we're called to live. And I'm going to talk to you about that today because before I get into that some more, I just want to show you a few more verses that talks about when we think we're right. <laughs> right? Proverbs 12, 15. Here's what it says. Fools think their own way is right. <laughs> if you think your own way is right, my truth, this is what I think. This is what makes sense to me. This is how I feel. These are my inclinations and my urges. Therefore, this is my truth. If I live by my truth, it's foolish. Proverbs 28, 26, 26, I said sex. It's been on my mind. We're doing this series. It's okay. I promise you I have a pure brain right now. All right. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 26. Those who trust their own insight are what? Foolish. The Bible clearly warns that if we think we understand everything, we are wrong. And we're fools. But anyone who walks in wisdom is what? Safe. But here our culture says, find your truth. What feels good to you? What makes sense to you? Follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Well, here's what the Bible says about our heart in Jeremiah 17, 9. I want you to read it out loud with me, okay? The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. I can't hear you and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So if you follow your own heart, you're going to be led astray. Let me tell you guys, if I followed my own heart, I would not be standing here today. <laughs> if I followed my heart, when I saw someone real good looking, I may not be qualified to stand here right now. If we followed our own heart when injustice was done and we acted out, we might be behind bars. You got to understand that there is a danger in thinking you can live according to what's in your heart. Because what is in our heart is inherently wicked. We're all sinners. Every single one of us. We're born into sin. We have a sinful nature. Therefore, guess what? My tendency is to do sin. Come on, I want you to say that with me. My tendency is to do sin. But God, and we're going to get to that because there is hope. I know you're like, wow, Don, where are you going with this? There's hope. But I need you to understand that this, this argument, this ideology that's in America right now, there is a war between the ideology of the enemy and the ideology of Christ. And it says in 2 Corinthians that we are to tear down strongholds, any ideology that does not line up with the word of God. Any ideology that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5, 6. It says that we are to tear it down. That means you and I have to think different. Tell your neighbor, think different. So if we allow culture to influence us, oh, I need to find my truth. Oh, this is my truth. If your kids comes up to you and says, well, this is how I feel. This is my truth. How do you respond to them? What do you say? How do you teach your kids the way they should go when everyone in the world is saying whichever way you go is fine? How do you train up your kids in what is right and true and protect the way they're going if you don't understand yourself? What is truth? We are all prone to sin. We're prone to greed, lust, 
pride, selfishness, self-preservation, self-exaltation. That's what we're prone to. And so when our search for truth becomes dependent upon personal opinion, whatever you think, whatever you feel, then it removes accountability to God. You got to hear my heart. This is part of the lies of the enemy behind this. Find your truth. Because if truth is subjective, then I'm not accountable to God. If truth is how I feel, then I don't have to worry about how my, my life lines up because I don't believe in absolute truth so I can do whatever I want and not be accountable or responsible for it. That's why the enemy does this. I'm trying to pull back covers. I want you to understand what the enemy is after because if I have no accountability and I don't have to take responsibility, then I just do what I want with everybody else. I don't know what word to put there, so I just chose to leave a blank. But you guys get me, right? So the enemy says, hey, live your truth. Truth is subjective. Truth is how you feel. Truth is how you feel. Well, I feel like today I'm gay. Then you're gay. Oh, I feel like today this is, this is who I am. Oh, you're polyamorous. Oh, today this is how I feel I am. Oh, I'm asexual. You understand that when we base our truth on how we feel, it even changes from day to day. From season to season. And so we have to be careful because if we understand what the enemy is trying to do, if he redefines truth, now there's no longer any accountability to God and there's no responsibility for our actions. And I'm going to talk to us next week about truth and grace. I'm going to give you a little, little peek. But it's when we recognize the truth about sin that brings us to a place of receiving grace. You can't receive grace unless you acknowledge the truth of sin. Oh, it's going to be good. This one's going to be good. Tell your neighbor, I can't wait. It's going to be good. Ah, now, to be fair, if you don't know nothing about God and you don't know nothing about Jesus, then all you have is your experience. All you have is your emotion, your education, your social circles, what influences you. And so that's why we don't judge other people. Hey. How can you judge a non-Christian for not being Christian? I just want to lay this very real for us. Because sometimes we think we need to put our truth on other people. No, you let the Holy Spirit do that job. But you want to tell you this, you live like Christ who is truth. I think if the judgment starts in the house of God. You and I need to make sure that our life aligns with the truth. And how do you know what truth is? John 14, 6. Jesus told him, read it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I was chewing on this verse in my prayer walk last week, and here's how the Holy Spirit told me it. Jesus is the way to find truth that leads to life. This is good, right? I mean, when I was walking the Holy Spirit, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And I've been chewing on it for over a week. Jesus is the way to find truth that leads to life. And if you want the life that Jesus died to give you, then you must know truth and you must live in that truth. Not your truth. 
his truth. Now, according to the scripture, what is truth? Jesus. Some of you are like, is this a trick question? (laughs) Jesus is truth. Say it. Jesus is truth. So as a believer, a follower of Jesus, my truth is not how I feel about something. My truth isn't even what makes sense to me. Because his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not. So not everything's going to make sense to me. But that doesn't mean it's not true if the word of God says it's true. If you and I have a problem with something in the word of God, the problem is you. It's not the word of God. Do you believe it? Jesus is truth. And John 1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Who is the word? You're getting it. So Jesus is truth and we find that truth through the word of God. This is why you cannot afford to just have a 35 minute meal on Sunday morning. You must read the Bible. You must know the Bible. You must study the Bible. You must put more into this than your social media. See, the problem with the church in America is we don't spend much time in scripture, but we're online a heck of a lot. Turn off your screens, whatever they are, pick up the word of God, read the scripture. How can you live truth if you don't even read truth? I love you. That's why I'm saying it like this. Mama Don is just saying it. You have the limited amount of life Christ died to give you because you only spend so much time in the word. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? How come my life is like this? God, where are you at? God, how come this is the way it is? Well, have you spent time with him? Have you read the word? Are you obeying the word? Because James says being a hearer of the word is not enough. You must also do it. Tell your neighbor, do it. Come on, Nike, do it. You just can't hear the word. You must do the word. And so we find truth in Jesus Christ and in the Bible. And that's why we're going to do this Christian sexuality series. And I want every adult to do it. I want every single one of us to do it. Why? So that way the world does not define my view of sexuality. The word of God does. Because I'm telling you, listen to me, there is a revival coming in America and there will be a lot of people from the LBGTQ plus, plus, plus that will come to know Jesus Christ. And you and I better know how to love them, how to make them whole, how to walk with them, how to be their friends, how to embrace them, how not to judge them, but give them grace. I don't want them to walk in this church and be like, oh, no, thanks. I'm never coming back. I want them to walk in the church and say, I've never known love like this before. You know, the Jesus people movement died because a bunch of white staunchy people couldn't accept hippies in the church. Because they look different, smell different, act different, talk different. 
I think the next Jesus people movement is going to include a lot of the LBGTQ plus speak. Why? Because they think by living out their truth that they're going to find happiness. But you know what happens when you live out truth that's not Christ's truth? It leads to misery. It leads to oppression. It leads to depression. It leads to darkness. They're captive in what they think is right. And they're going to be looking for the truth. And I want them to find truth here in Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you to do this series, not just for your kids, but so that you know you're ready and prepared. The church must be ready and prepared. Ah, Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us to love like you love. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are tender and responsive, God. That we live truth, but we're also people marked by love, who speak truth in love, who have relationship. Oh, Jesus. People marked by grace, who extend grace. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 119, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in the heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plan. The word of God does not change. So truth cannot change. The word of God is eternal. No matter what nations rise and fall, no matter what ideologies come and go, the word of God stands forever. And it's unchanging and it's true. We must be careful not to be influenced by an ungodly culture around us. And we must hold firmly to the truth of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, what the word of God shows us about the Father in heaven, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because if not, we're going to be prone to compromise ourselves. Jesus is coming back for a church that's not lukewarm. Bone fire for Jesus. Living with a purity and a passion of holiness because it's not about legalism, it's about becoming like Christ. John 14, 6, read it again. Jesus told him, I am the and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way that leads to truth, that leads to life. But here's what Jesus tells us in John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal kill and destroy but my purpose is to give what a rich and satisfying life so truth leads to a rich satisfying life when i live my truth in christ but when i don't the enemy will lead you into whatever you think is truth my truth is this is how i feel and those lies of the enemy leading our culture around what is his goal steal kill destroy he ain't playing around But because of that, I believe there is going to be so many people who are looking for the life Jesus offers. Do you know that research shows that that this generation Z, they're actually really interested in Jesus. They just don't like the church. I don't want to be that church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? We want to be a church where people can belong. You know our saying, right? Belong, believe, become. We want to be a church where people can belong no matter what they look like, no matter what they're living, no matter what's going on, no matter how they dress, how they smell, how they look, how they talk, how they act. You can come and belong here. We're going to to receive you into our hearts and into our homes with the hope that as they see Jesus in us, 
as they experience the power of God in worship, as they see signs, wonders, and miracles, and I'm believing more is coming our way? Do you know that in the book of Acts, healings and deliverances were to back up the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when they saw the power of God, it made them say, we want to believe. You know, what we're tasting of is just a small little bit of what God wants to pour out in our church. We're seeing healings every week. Sometimes what happens when I give a word of knowledge up here and nobody raises their hand, they come to me after church and they're like, that was me. I just didn't want to raise my hand. And God touches them and God heals them. Or I get a text and they're watching online and they're like, that was me. God is moving in a powerful way. And it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you in the same way. He wants to prepare our church to be a place where anybody can come in and belong. And then hopefully as they see the power of God, the love of his people, they'll believe in Christ. But they don't have to believe to belong. They can just come. I got to remind you what our church vision is. You can belong long before you believe. And you can come in, live in the way you're living in your own truth. And we hope that you find truth. Yeah. Ephesians says truth and love. Yeah. Truth and grace. One of the names of Satan is father of lies. And I want to bring your attention to John 8, 44. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. Look at this. Look at this. He has always hated what? Truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. And this is in complete contrast to Jesus who is the truth. And it says that God cannot lie. So God is truth, represented by Jesus. They cannot lie. God, Jesus, they do not lie. But Satan, all he can do is lie. There's no truth in him. He hates truth. So when you see the news and you see what's happening, then you're not rattled by it because you realize, oh, the enemy is freaking out. He's going all in. Believe it or not, the enemy's going all in right now. And I believe that's why he's calling us to be all in for Jesus. Because when the enemy comes in and raises a standard, the Lord raises up one against him. Let me tell you, I didn't quote that quite right. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So right now the enemy is coming like a flood in our culture. And you're seeing all these things that you and I would have never dreamed of when we were in high school. And now it's being taught to our kindergartners. And it's all over the media. It's all over advertisement. You can't even watch a sports game without it in your face somehow <laughs> so God is saying where's my people who are all in who are full of love truth grace righteousness holiness living for Jesus not perfectly but passionately <sighs> Satan has no truth so guess what he lies about God so what he did to Eve in the garden did God really say, you know why God said that? Because he knows you'll become like him. He was lying to her about God. Can I tell you, he still does it today. Does God really love you? If he did, why this? Why would you be suffering? If God was really good, then why would this? Where's God? Look at all the, the enemy is still lying about God today. 
And you and I must know the truth about God so you and I can stand against those lies. Do you know how you defeat lies? The word. Jesus did it with the devil in the wilderness. He didn't say, oh, devil, get behind me. He said, it is written. You know how you and I defeat the enemy? It is written. But you got to know what's written in order to be able to tell him anything. Satan, my pastor says, not quite as effective. It's an okay place to start. I heard Stephen Furtick say, I saw a cool meme online. It's not as effective. It is written. Not only does he lie about God, guess what? He lies about you. Mm, see, you think that way? You're just a hater. You're a hypocrite. You're not qualified. Who do you think you, who do you think you are? I mean, you know, how many of that sounds a little familiar? I just want you to know that's not Jesus. That's the enemy. You don't deserve it. And I would say, yes, that's right. But God, when the enemy comes and says, Don, you don't deserve it. I said, you're right. But God, but God, when the enemy says, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. I said, you're right, but God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. Not only does he lie about God and you, he lies about others. Mm, she didn't say hi because she thinks you're ugly. Ooh, she didn't shake your hand because the pastor don't want you at her church. You know how the enemy lies? Mm. And then they send you a text and they mean it in a lot of love and joy and happiness. And you read it and you're like, rah, 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 rah. oh, really? And the enemy says, yeah, they don't like you. I don't like you either. <laughs> they were just inviting you to lunch. Now you know you're fighting with them. Why? Because the enemy lies about people. All the enemy could do is lie. He lies in your head. And he lies about everything. That's why we must know what real truth is. Because the only thing Satan wants is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus. Everybody say, but Jesus. <laughs> he gives us life. And life abundantly. But I got to find my life in Christ. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. In Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. If this is not your reality, then you're going to have a hard time trying to find truth. Jesus is truth. And here's the thing. This lie of the enemy, find your truth, live your truth. You know what it's doing? It's leading people into addiction. It's leading people into darkness. It's leading people into even greater displays of evil and immorality. Why? Because this didn't work, so now this. And this didn't work, so now this. And it just goes from worse to worse because the enemy is out to kill and destroy. So this problem that we see is that when we live according to our truth, that means I'm saying I'm better than God. I'm smarter than God. I know what God doesn't know. Do you hear how stupid that sounds when it comes out my mouth? And yet, if we're honest, sometimes that's how we act. Sometimes I'll say something and then I'll be like, oh, Don, forgive me, Lord, I'm not you. Like when I start to think I have an opinion about someone, nope, in Jesus' name, I'm not you, I'm not God.
And all this leads to finding your truth is an attempt to keep finding truth because you'll never find your truth because it's not real truth. That's why I believe that there's a time coming where there will be great revival among a whole bunch of people who are trying to find truth and they're going to eventually end up so broken, so empty, so lost that they're going to come to Jesus Christ and find real truth. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can make you whole. Look at what it says in Romans 5. Romans 8, sorry, verse 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So when you don't know Christ, you live according to your desires. That's why today living your truth is, well, this is how I feel. This is, this is what I feel. This is, I'm not really a girl. I feel like I'm a man inside this body. Do you understand how the enemy works? Because they, they don't know Christ. So stop judging people who are struggling in their identities. Instead, pray for them and love them and point them to Jesus. Because in their brokenness, they don't know truth because they don't know Christ. So who are we to judge them? None of us here are perfect. We're all just recipients of amazing mercy and grace. And what if we stop judging them for their search for truth and identity and instead we love them and pray for them and point them to Jesus? Because if they don't know Christ, their mind is governed by their desires. So they think their truth is their desires. This is my urges. This is my inclinations. I was born this way. I can't help it. This is who I am. Do you understand? Do you see? Am I pulling back the covers? Are you getting it? I'm trying to expose the lies of the enemy with truth so that you have a different way of seeing people, so that you have a different way of interacting with people. That's why they say live your truth, whatever feels right, whatever you think inside, your urges, your desires, your inclination. Well, the challenge with that is if you're led by your flesh, it's sinful. And it leads to what? Death. That's what the scripture says, death. People are dying inside. They need Jesus. And they won't find Jesus if we're judging them. They won't find Jesus if we're speaking bad about them, looking at them weird. You better get your face straight. They walk in the door. What if we kept our, hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Come on in. Come on in. They're holding hands. Let them. Oh, now, oh, Dawn. Yeah, how do they know any different? Until the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ begins to bring back the shades and bring light into the darkness. And you and I can be that place. Not just in this church, but in your workplace. Even those in your family. 
See, the Holy Spirit allows us to not live according to our sinful desires. That's why you and I can say no to sin. <laughs> Sometimes. But we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to sin. And to choose not to live according to my sinful nature, but Christ who lives within me. Do you understand that, church? Again, it's not about being perfect. Some of us here really struggle in certain areas. But it's about saying, I am part of the family of God. Christ is in me. Therefore, I don't have to do what my sinful nature says. I can live according to the truth of Jesus Christ. The enemy will lie and say, you can't help it. Well, I'm here to tell you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. On your own? No, you can't. No, you can't. When the enemy says, I don't know, Don, why you're trying. You can't change yourself. I said, I know. That's why I'm depending on the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm praying. That's why I'm worshiping. That's why I spend time in the word. Because I don't have enough self-control to make anything in my life change. But Jesus. Amen. But the Holy Spirit. It goes on in verse 12. Therefore... Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. See, it's not just me. It's in the Bible. Can you read that out loud with me? You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And we're going to talk about truth and freedom this month as well. Because you shall know the truth and the truth will set you it says, for if you live by its dictates, your sinful nature, your urges, your inclinations, your desires, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. I want to speak some truth very boldly in this moment. You are not the sum of your desires, urges, and inclinations. Whether you believe in Christ or not. I'm just putting it out. I am speaking to the heavenly principalities today. I was driving today, Pastor, and I was like, so thanking God for the way you've raised us up. Because I know I'm not just preaching to you in this room or preaching to the online audience. I am speaking over my region. I'm speaking over a generation. I am declaring in the heavenlies that this generation is not the sum of their urges, desires, and inclinations and temptations. But this generation is supposed to become Generation Zion, redeemed by the Lord, set free and delivered. So you are not the sum of your temptations, your inclinations, your desires, and your urges. Listen, you are also not the sum of what's happened to you. Your pain, your past, trauma, abuse. You are not the sum of what's happened in your life. Oh, Jesus Christ redeems. Jesus Christ restores. Jesus Christ gives back what the enemy tried to take and then some. So don't believe the lie that I am just a victim of what's happened in my life. Yes, there's horrible things that happen in life, and I'm not demeaning that. But Jesus Christ died to make us whole. Whole. Body, soul, and spirit. Soul, my heart, my emotions, what's happened to me, the trauma, the abuse, the negative words spoken over me, the curses that people have said to me growing up. You are not the sum of those things because in Christ there is life, there is healing, there is wholeness, and there is freedom. You are not a slave to sin. You can live free and you can live in the life Jesus died to give you. Look at verse 15. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Now read the next part. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. Wow. (sighs) Now we call him Abba Father. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you have chosen us to be sons and daughters. That we don't have to live as fearful slaves, but we can live as sons and daughters. Matthew 16, 24, 26, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Deny their urges, their inclinations, their desires. Take up their cross and follow me. For if you want to save your life, You'll lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, this verse has always been confusing to me. Until I look at it through this light of live your truth. If I try to live my life through my truth, then I will lose my life. But if I choose to live my life through Christ, I lose my way and I embrace his way, then I find real life. Do you get that? That's what this verse is saying. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? What can be given in exchange for his soul? The whole world is saying, pursue your truth. Live your life. But Christ said, if you will give up your way of thinking what is right, of thinking what is true, of thinking what is real, and you choose my way and you live in my truth, then guess what? You'll find real life. And your life will be saved. It says this in 1 John 1, if we claim we have no sin, (laughs) we are fooling ourselves and we are not living in the truth. I'm going to talk more about this next week. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. All you got to do is confess, repent. Change your thinking and don't live your truth, but live his truth. His way, not your way. For those of you who are listening online especially, how can you be saved? How can you know truth? If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by declaring openly your faith that you are saved. Salvation is available for everybody. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you think you are. It doesn't matter what truth you've tried to live. It is available for everyone. Real life, satisfying life, abundant life, healing, wholeness, freedom. It doesn't come in living our own truth. It comes from living the truth found in Christ Jesus alone. We give up our own ways and we embrace him as truth. We must give him our lives. I'm just going to ask Daniel to come up on the guitar. And so we return to our question, what is truth? Well, I'm going to change that question that Pilate asked, what is truth? To who is truth? Come on, who is truth? Jesus. Jesus is truth. And the way to find truth, the way to discover truth is found in Jesus Christ alone.
And I'm going to take the closing moments that we have, and where I'm going to ask you to stand your feet, and we're going to sing gratitude. Because I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that Jesus just didn't leave me in my sin. But he pursued me. He chased me. He showed me his love. He gave me a new way of living, a way that leads to life and peace and not one that leads to death and destruction. Come on, I want you to lift your hands in this place because this message should stir your heart to gratitude. This message should stir your heart to say, God, I'm thankful that I don't have to figure it out because if I focus my eyes on you, you'll lead me. You'll never forsake me. You're faithful even when I'm faithless. And Lord, when I find myself falling away from you, you are right there ready to bring me back and embrace me. Thank you for mercies that are new every morning. Thank you that you don't see me as the world sees me. You see me as beloved, as right, as holy, as clean. We thank you, Father. And maybe today you need to say, God, I'm sorry, but there's been some areas of compromise in my life. But in this moment, I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I cannot change myself, but I'm asking for your Holy Spirit power to do a work of change in me so that every area of my life lines up with the truth of your word. Forgive me for thinking I know better than you. Forgive me for trying to do it without you. But in this moment, I say, I embrace you, Jesus. You are the way to truth that leads to life. And I choose in this moment to deny myself, to pick up my cross, and I will follow you. And if you want to find truth and you're watching online, just say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus on the cross to die for my sins. I choose today to know truth. I need to know you. I choose to put my faith in you. I choose to follow you today. Thank you for loving me as I am. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.